Welcome to the Leadership Sensei Radio, the small business podcast where we go long form with business owners and experienced leaders on what it takes to succeed in business today. I'm your host, Brett Morrison. If you're a first time listener, welcome along. If you're coming back and tuning in again, I thank you. It is you, the listeners, who make this show matter. So let's get this started. Before we get started this week, I'd like to say a big thank you to you, the listeners. I've had listeners over the last few weeks tune in from countries from all around the world. So I'd like to say a big thank you to all my listeners over in the United States of America. Thank you for tuning in and being part of the community. I've also had people listening in from Germany, from Saudi Arabia, from Japan and New Zealand. Thank you very much. And I can't forget my listeners at home back in Australia. Thank you for tuning in and, and making this a growing community. After all, this is the reason why I do do this podcast is to add value to people's lives and also to their businesses and hopefully help help you, the listeners, in your journey as leaders, not only in your own business, not only in your organizations, but also leaders of your own life and your families. So massive thank you for that. And what we're saying, talking about audience, I would love you to share the podcast or the link to the podcast with your friends, family, colleagues at work, if you think they could be of benefit to them or you think they would enjoy it. Just say, hey, look, I was listening to this guy on a podcast. I think it's right up your alley. Here's the link. Tune in. So thanks for that. The bigger the podcast grows, the easier it is for me to get really top quality guests onto the show as well. So, And I think the better quality guests that we get on the show, the more value it adds to people's lives because we have some great stories to share. So let's get into part five of what it means to be the art of a power communicator. Over the last four episodes, we've been looking at the four different energy types that makes up us as people, essentially. So the first one is the dominant energy. The second one is the influencer, leading into the stable or steadfast type of energy. And being last, last episode, I talked about the compliant energy type. What I'd like to do this this week is to wrap that all up together and start to talk about how they interact with each other. What it means when we combine different energy types. What that looks like and how it shapes the personalities, how it shapes the energies, how it shapes some of our behaviours towards other people, but also them towards us. And the deeper we can understand this, the better we can integrate it into our daily lives the easier it's going to be to be able to read people, to connect to people, and really build rapport quickly to the point where they go, hey, this person gets me. The more that people think that we get them, the easier and quicker we will build rapport. We tend to hang around people that we like, and we like people that we think get us. So as I start to draw some of these together, we talked about the dominant energy. And I'm going to just jump across and combine that with our C energy or our compliant energy because they are similar in a few ways. Our Ds and our Cs, and again I'm talking generalizations, are more masculine in their energy type. Small left brain. It's very focused. It's a very foveal energy that they, that they use. It's very purpose orientated. They're driven by facts and their goal, their 
sort of goal-focused too, goal-driven. It's very rare that you'll hear a DC-type energy go, how are the people feeling in this? I was in a gee, I was in a Q&A a few months ago with a very senior leader of an organisation, and he was a D-energy. And he openly me said, look, I don't really get people. I don't always care about what's happening with the people. What I care is I have the right people. Sort of care that they're happy. But I really care about getting results. He says, I bring other people onto my team to care about the people. He says, because I don't really get them. Now, I don't know how much of that was actual truth or whether he was just pushing a, pushing a corporate line. Because my understanding of the, of the guy was that he actually does get people quite well. He reads them very well. And he knows how to get the best out of people. But at the end of the day, when you sit back and critique his leadership, it is about getting results. And he drives results and he drives hard to get those results. And he will push the people very hard and get the absolutely most he can out of them to get the result that he's looking for. As a generalization... And because of that example I just gave, it can be said that they are sometimes low on social and emotional intelligence. Another example I had with a with another executive was, and I say this gent was more of a high C than the high D, but he had some strong D in him, was that he goes, oh, well, until I actually ran through this program, I didn't understand that, I didn't really get that people thought differently to me. I thought everyone thought the same way as I did. And now this is a mature age guy, like he's in his 50s. So it's quite realistic that he's not alone in this. So when you get people who are really focused on results, focused on getting the outcome, and their social emotional intelligence isn't really focused on people, you're going to meet people who are like this and you're going to go, that's not possible. But it is. It's a reality. And some people just don't understand people. They understand a process, they know how to get results, they know how to drive to get the outcome that they've been tasked to get or the outcome that they want to get. And if you're not thinking the same as them, then you're not supporting them. And so this is where some of the conflict can start to filter in to organisations. While we're on our Ds, I'm going to move slightly away from our Ds and Cs and move into our I's I's and S's. So, our I's and S's are on the other side of our D's and C's. Our I's and S's are more expanded awareness. It's more feminine in their approach. They're higher on their social and emotional intelligence. With our I's and S's, it's all about, hey, let's do it together. They are quite good at building relationships. If you remember back a couple of weeks, when I talked about the eyes, they're good at networking. They build it, they're very good at building those relationships and also leveraging off those relationships. They are good connectors and they are great people to have in your organization because what they do, they connect people who can help each other. It's not always about them. It's about who can they connect with who to get the best result for the, for the organization. And we talk about expanded awareness as opposed to that really foveal energy because our feminine energy that we have, and look, I'm not talking about whether you're male or female here. So men have this, female have this, and vice versa for our masculine energy and our, that real foveal focus on results. I've seen plenty of women who are very focused on getting the results they want, 
in their business and also in their organization as, as leaders. So this is not about whether you're male or female. This is about the type of energy that you bring to the majority of the work that you do. Great example of expanded awareness and this whole mother archetype that fits into the S energy. If a D energy is thirsty, they will pour themselves a drink. If an S energy is thirsty, they will look around the table, see whose glass is empty, and they will fill up their glasses, and they'll probably get to their own and go, oh, I'm out of water. Then they'll go fill up the jug, then come back. Now, the D isn't being rude by not filling up everyone else's glass. They just don't see the other glasses empty. And part of them in their head is thinking, well, if they're thirsty, they will fill up their own cup. If they're not filling up their cup, then they're clearly not thirsty enough. Whereas Ness doesn't care. If the glass is empty, they'll fill it up first, make sure everyone else is looked after, then they'll fill their own up. And you may be laughing now because you probably know people who have done this, or you have seen this, or it may even be you. And that's okay. Bear in mind, this does not mean one is right and one is wrong. It's not about right or wrong here. It's just about understanding the types of behavior that come from the different energy types. And I think the beauty of understanding this is that we can get rid of this whole judgment around what is right and wrong. When we have this black and white view of the world about they did this so that is wrong or I did this so I am right, it just brings a whole world of pain to us as we go through life on a day-to-day basis because we're constantly trying to prove that we're right and trying to justify our position by saying other people are wrong. But the moment we can let go of that, the moment we can understand that people are just people and they have their own energies, they have their own drivers, they have their own motivators. That doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them different to our beliefs. That's all it is. We can accept people for who they are. Now, I'm not saying we have to agree with what they do. That's a different story. But we can still accept them and love them as another human being. But we don't necessarily have to go, well, actually, just because you did X, I'm going to accept you and love you and I'm going to agree with you. Well, we don't need to agree because... If we all agreed, then we wouldn't be individuals. We need to still be able to own our own space, own our own beliefs. But we need to be willing to accept that other people have different beliefs and different ways of doing things and therefore different views on what is important to them in life. Our I's and S's will avoid the confrontation. Now, I think we talked about that when on the second and third week when we talked about the I's and the S's coming together. Now, they will. The, our IS combination will avoid confrontation as much as they can. When they have to stand up, they will. But generally, you don't want to be in that space because they've actually been pushed a little bit too far and then they're going to get really cranky. Unless, of course, they've realized that this is a, this is a weakness that they have and they've embraced it and they just step in early and they have got grown as a person by understanding that this is a weakness that they have. And when I say it's a weakness, I think sometimes we, we do need to actually step up into confrontation. People aren't going to judge us. Well, maybe they will judge us, but it doesn't matter if they do judge us because you're standing up for what you believe to be right. Now, I know I just had a big conversation about what was right and wrong, but at some point in time, you still need to have your own beliefs. And there's also data involved in some of this as well so when you're at work when you're in business and you're making decisions i have a a strong belief that most of our decisions in business should be driven by data and the data tells a story 
if you have a conviction that the data that you've gathered and then analyzed is pointing you a certain direction, you should stay true to that conviction. I'm not saying you have to stick with it if you know the boss says, hey, look, we're going a different direction. Well, at, the ultimate, at the end of the day, ultimately, it's their train set. You have to do what they say, right? So, But that doesn't mean say you should hide from it. And if people are doing inappropriate behavior at work, you should step up and say, that is wrong. Because that standby, standby behavior just fuels it. And it's almost like you're giving implicit approval to inappropriate behavior. So our I's and S's will genuinely try to avoid that conflict because it feels so uncomfortable. But when you know that if you're in that space and you know that's you that tries to avoid it, think about how can you step up and confront it in a resourceful, positive way. And sometimes it's about thinking about it. It's about planning it. When you're going to do it, what is the outcome you want to have from having the conversation? But there's many things that you can do to improve you in that space. Our I's and S's also operate more from their heart space as opposed to their head space. Ultimately, by understanding the four different energy types, understanding how they blend together, understanding their strengths, their weaknesses, their fears, their motivators, if we take all of that on, we digest it, we learn it, we embrace it, we can grow as people. And that's the beauty of understanding stuff. We can grow as individuals and become more rounded in our approach and tap into the appropriate energy at the appropriate time. I've heard it said that the longest journey we'll ever take is from our head to our heart. For many of us, especially in business, we spend a lot of time in our head and we sort of shun our heart space because that seemed to be a little bit airy-fairy, a little bit hippie. But the reality is that when you connect the head and the heart together, we have a sense of congruency in ourselves. We have a sense of congruency about what's important to us and actually what's not important. There's so many arguments about it at, in the workplace or in business around stuff that just isn't important. Most of it's first world problems. But when you know what's important to you or what's important to your mission, there's that sense of congruency between the head and the heart and the purpose of what you're doing and how it's helping the greater good, then you can follow those convictions through. We've looked at our D's and C's. On the flip side of that, we've looked at the I's and S's. So now I want to have a look at the D's and I's. Our D's and I's are our big picture thinkers. They process their information quite quickly. You'll remember back when I talked about how they actually make decisions. They're uh, they look. They only need fifty percent of the information before they're willing, or before they really are happy to make a decision, which is quite much in contrast to the people on the other side, which is our C's and S's, who want to keep looking for more and more data until they probably need have too much data before they make a decision. So our D's and I's have a very quick convincer strategy, automatic. In fact, they only need about fifty percent of the information, and they're cracking on now. Admittedly, our D's do have criteria and our I's may not, but overall they process that information quite quickly. And they can be quite inferential in the way that they speak too. So instead of saying, give me a drink, they'll say, gee, it's hot out here today, isn't it? And you'll probably go, yeah, no, you're right, yep, probably is hot. And completely miss the cue that they're thirsty. And they'll be going, man, at some stage they'll pour me a drink. 
So the way that they speak is not always direct, which is interesting considering our Ds can be quite direct as, as people. But because they're quite big picture, they infer a lot within that. For them, our truth is what we call a pathless land. So they create the path. They find their own truth. They create their truth. And at the end of the day, what is truth? Truth is something that we make up in our minds about what is right and what is wrong. And that is based upon our belief system, based upon our values, the rules that we put around our values. And then those rules and those values are based upon our beliefs. And that makes up what is right or wrong. But for our D's and I's, our big picture th- big pictures, people, I'm not saying that S's and C's aren't large thinkers either, but it's more focused on the detail. I's and D's are more about the opportunity. And so they can create a new truth. They are the let's do it type people of the world. They're the Nikes of the world just going, look, just, let's crack on, let's just get into it. They're also future assurance based. So what do I mean by that? means that they'll take a guarantee. They will look at the benefits and something and go, yeah, look, I like the sound of that. Or I like the look of that. Let's pick that one. Whereas our S's and C's are what we call past assurance space. So they want to see evidence of, or proof of how it's been done and whether the last time this person did it, they did it well. At these nights, don't care. As long as they get, have a guarantee, they're willing to go for it. And in many ways, that makes them very trusting. And our D's and I's are happy to live outside their comfort zone. So they're comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. They're always looking for a new adventure, a new change program. They're looking for something new, something exciting, something that's going to challenge them or challenge the business on their way forward. In many ways, our D's and I's are what we call front of house people. They're happy to stand up. They're happy to have the conversation. They're happy to be in front of other people talking. Normally, there's a whole heap of people in the background making everything work for them. And a lot of time they will acknowledge that. But they're also very comfortable getting up in front of people. So when you see people in change programs, people who are trainers, people who are teachers, they generally have a lot of the I-type personality or type I energy within them. And the Ds also fit into this space because they like taking charge. They like directing. They like creating a new path for people to follow. So we slide across now to our S's and C's, more detailed focused. So when we talk about the big picture people on the D's and D's and I's, our S's and C's are they're just right down the rabbit hole into the detail. They're quite reserved. So we talked about the D's and I's processing the information quite quickly. Our S's and C's are reserved in the way that they process their information. I'm not saying they're slower because of intellect. That is not the case at all. Far, far from it. Because our specialists, our people who know all the detail, the people that pride themselves on being masters of their craft, fit into this category. So it's not about intellect. This is about the way that they are very considered in their approach. They're considered in the words that they choose. You will find that they speak slower. And that's because they're considering their word choice very carefully because to them certain words have different meaning they're very particular about what things mean and how they are used in a sentence but not only they reserved in speech they can also sometimes come across as being reserved in their energy but also the way that they dress not as, as flamboyant as what our D's and I's can be 
I also just mentioned that they are past assurance based. So they want to know the proof. They want to see the evidence. And this is why when they're making decisions, they take a bit longer to do so. And sometimes they need to hear it more more times than just once. They're looking for the evidence. They want to know if it worked. If it did work, why did it work? Who did it? What process did they follow? What were the rules around that? Is it repeatable? Is it replicable? And now S's and C's are looking for that proof and evidence all the time. They can be quite literal too in the words that they use. As opposed to our inferential speakers and listeners in the DI space, our S's and C's are quite literal. They also like to live inside their comfort zone. Because it becomes very predictable. There's a level of sameness. There's a level of comfort. There's a level of certainty that comes from knowing what their comfort zone is going to be like. For them, jumping outside the comfort zone is not a place where they want to be. They don't need to. If it isn't broken, why try to fix it? Our S's and C's are very reliable when their instructions are laid out for them. They pride themselves on being reliable. And you just need to point them in the right directions, give them a left and right of arc, and sometimes a bit more detail on that as well. And they like to know what is required, when it's required, how it's required. And they can become extremely reliable under those conditions. The truth for them is a well-beaten path. So people have gone before them. There's evidence there. A lot of people say success leaves a path. Well, it does. There's evidence of that. And our S's and C's will follow that through to get success. On the flip side, our D's and I's are probably trying to create success their own way. They're the entrepreneurs of the world going, wow, look at this, I've got this opportunity, and they try to create a new path. Whereas our S's and C's will follow a well-beaten path because that's where the evidence points them. They can also be a little bit more introverted. Now, having said that, they are generalizations. I know people who are in the DI space who are quite introverted in their own way. They may come across as being an extrovert sometimes, but they get their energy in an introverted type of way. Now, while our D's and I's were the just, let's just do it, our S's and C's are, let's do it how it should be done. So there's a process, there's a right way to do things. And this is where some of the challenges can come into play because our C's are trying to get it right. There's a judgment around that. You can hear it in the language. There's a right way and a wrong way. If you're going to do it, make sure it's the right way. And that can set them up for a lot of pain. They can become quite critical under pressure. So when you see and come across this in the workplace, help coach them through that. Help coach them to the place where they don't need to be right all the time, if it's not critical, by the way. Sometimes it's critical. So know where that fine line is. So some of the conflict in the workplace can come between our D's and I's and S's and C's mostly in the way that we make decisions and mostly in the way that the information is processed. So when D's and I's are making quick decisions, sometimes not based on a whole lot. And our S's and C's are wanting to hold back. They're wanting to make sure they get all their facts right before they move forward. And what that does is creates a level of frustration. So our D's and I's can actually see our S's and C's as being roadblocks to change. Whereas our S and C's not really being roadblocks to change. They just want to see more evidence. They want to see more proof of why they should be moving along this new change program. And unfortunately, they start to then see the D's and I's as being cowboys. They're just shooting from the hip. You know, they, they get a piece of information and they're making a decision. How could you possibly make the right decision until you have 
all of the information. And I have quite literally heard C say those exact words. It's so personal for them. They're going, I, I just don't get it. How can they be making those decisions? It's wrong. It's dangerous. And our D's and I's are saying, why are, they, why are they trying to stop the process? Now, we've already told them once, crack on. But the reality is that it's not that they're trying to stop it. They just want to make sure it's going to be right. Because their S's and C's care just as much about the organization and the business as what our D's and I's do. Be very gentle with the people that you work with. Sometimes you need to be strong and sometimes you need to be tough. But you also need to be fair. You need to understand where they come from. And the more you understand the characteristics and the behaviors that fit between these energy types, the quicker you're going to be able to connect with people, the quicker you're going to be able to build rapport with them. And if you're the leader of the organization, if you're the leader of the business, if you own your business, these skills are invaluable because it helps you influence your team to get to the result that you need them to get to. So I'm wrapping up. I'd encourage you to go back and listen over the last four episodes and hear each about these different energy types on their own and then start to work out a picture and combining some of those elements and put them into practice in your daily walk in your daily communications with your customers with the members of your team with your executives above you or your executives below you wherever you sit within the food chain of a business put into practice the better you get at it the better you are going to be able to influence people and connect quickly with people on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not just talking about at work here. Now, we're talking also at home. We're talking about every person that we run into, whether it's the person down at the corner store. We build relationships with every single person that we meet on a day-to-day basis, whether it be our children, our spouse, our colleagues at work, our bosses or our team that work for us. Without the practice, without the doing, It's just some more information which is really cool in your toolbox. Put it into practice. Make it come alive and see the difference it'll make to your communications. So thanks for joining us again. I'd like to say uh, I hope this has been a great value to you and just like to say how much I appreciate you coming along, downloading and listening in. I do actually have a look at the stats each week uh, to see where the listeners are coming and tuning in from and how many downloads I'm getting from each country. So thank you for that. And please, share it. Hop onto the SoundCloud, hop onto iTunes, subscribe. That makes a big difference if you can subscribe and leave a review. Uh, I do read those. I value those. And it makes a difference to other people who go, "Mm, should I listen to this or not? Please share it with your friends. Share the link with them. Subscribe them if you feel like you you can get away with it. Uh, Because when a new podcast is loaded then it'll come up on their feed saying hey new podcast and they can listen to it and get the benefit of it as well the more people we can get this out to i feel that the more benefit people have in their own lives as leaders of themselves but also leaders in their business and leaders in their organization that they work in so thanks very much until next week i'll see you then